0: Welcome back to Cooking the Books with Jilly Smith, the podcast which takes us through four food moments from the books of our favourite food writers. It's about all of life through the prism of food. And this week, we're putting Jamie Oliver's new book, One, to the test with a couple of 20-year-old food ambassadors from Huddersfield, who I work with on the Right to Food podcast.
1: I like baking, but when it's cooking, it just seems like so tedious and long, but this is just like, oh, some eggs, some rice. You saw you
0: sorted. Rabia and Janai are part of a team of young people from across the country who report for the Food Foundation's podcast from the front line of food insecurity, having grown up, often not knowing where their next meal came from. Now they're students, Rabia of Law at Lancaster and Janai of Sport Therapy at Loughborough. They're having to pull their resilient skills out of the bag to deal with the cost of living crisis. I wondered if Jamie's book would help.
1: Yeah, you, this is like the time when you get independence and you've got to do things for yourself. But when I'm when I go home, I really don't cook. So coming to uni and having this book, having this book, it was just like just seeing how easy I could do the recipes was just amazing because I'm like, oh, it's actually not that bad. It's not that hard. So
0: that was... It was actually a real lifesaver. Brilliant.
2: Rebia. your thoughts, first of all, on Jamie's book. So I think I have the complete opposite opinion of Janai. Um, Recipes, yes, they were easy to follow. However, I found that there was a fair few recipes that included things like sausages or bacon and, like, red wine vinegar. And these are all things that I can't cook with. So it wasn't appealing to me you eat halal food don't you and and as,
0: as a muslim you have very strict rules about what you can eat and and indeed drink how hard is it for you as a student to cook halal food in
2: your own student house i can quite easily do it um but the accessibility of getting halal meat um that's a different story because i have to travel back home every time i need to replenish my stock of halal meat and when i do get it it has to go straight into the freezer so that way it's there when i need to use it i can't just nip over to aldi like most students and just pick up a fresh pack of meat um and start cooking with it does it make you want to cook more plant-based food um i definitely say i'm more of a carnivore so i'm willing to (laughs) make that sacrifice of traveling back home don't get me wrong. I enjoy plant-based food. I've definitely tried it. It's um, it's not terrible, but I do enjoy my meat. <laughs> <laughs> you do, uh, and you can cook, can't you? Yes, yeah, So, um, I taught myself to cook from the age of, I think it was fourteen, that I was doing it every now and again, and then as I just turned sixteen, a month after I turned sixteen. Um, my mum left and so I was kind of like forced to pick up more cooking Um, and that's when I started to perfect it from the age of 16 onwards. Yeah because you were having to feed your family. How many people were you having to feed? Um, So I've got four siblings including myself and my dad that I live with.
0: And were you cooking Pakistani food? How did it work?
2: Uh, Well we cook all sorts of foods like obviously the traditional pakistani food um indian cuisine we also cook um english traditional food or italian food a lot of the foods that we do cook will always have some sort of traditional take on it though so like um a lasagna might have in the mince it might have um indian seasoning rather than the traditional italian more herb sort of seasoning all different types of food
0: yeah. Now a lot of the work we do for Right to Food is about you two and the rest of the food ambassadors reporting pretty much from the front line of food poverty or food insecurity which is about it's not about being poor it's about when your circumstances suddenly really change and you're plunged into not knowing where your next meals coming from and you two have both had experience of that and some. Um tell us how that situation made you cook differently. First of all you had to learn to cook but
2: Did it make you think differently about which ingredients you could use? Um, In terms of different ingredients, I don't think so. Only because when you eat from your mother's hand, it's a different sensation when you eat from your own hand. Because it's like you'll never get that same quality. So it's like every time I was cooking, I was trying to replicate what my mum used to make for us. Um, Only a few years ago did I finally perfect it. Um, But yeah, no ingredients wise i definitely did add a couple of things in here and there or i took some things out depending on circumstances um such as my dad he's got a condition called psoriasis which certain foods will affect um so in those sort of conditions yes i would adapt the ingredients or depending on what we had at home if we even had the spare cash to go out and get it um then yes we'd adapt but overall we enjoy to kind of stay to the same recipes
0: so you're a good cook do you know, you are a self-confessed yes. non-cook <laughs> um when we did a, a, an episode of right to food uh during lockdown you were telling us about how you couldn't get to your nan's house and because your mum had to go out to work you and your sister had to rely on your nan um what happened in your household during lockdown how did you manage and where's your cooking skills now
1: um so during lockdown oh it feels like ages ago um I found my mum started to cook a lot more just because she was high risk. So she was one of like the first people to like not go to work. So she started to cook a lot more. Um But in turn, we started to spend a lot more money on groceries and stuff. So she was very much focusing on what we're eating now, yes, but what would we have tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that because we had to make it stretch. And again, it's not like we could just go out to the shops because again we're in lockdown and stuff like that and we try to limit us going out just for her protection so we kind of had to compromise a little bit and really just get a lot of freezer food because obviously that lasts long and kind of just make cool just like food that would like last
0: yeah I mean, Jamie calls it batch cooking, doesn't he? At the back of the book, there's, yeah, like you know, that. you make up your bolognese uh, s- sauce and you then you can make a cottage pie out of it. You can make a lasagna out of it. You can, uh, you know, do a pan fry with some uh You can
1: do yeah. whatever.
0: So were you doing that sort of batch cooking then when in lockdown?
1: Yeah, it was just like, okay, we'll cook this. How can we use this ingredient to make something for the next two days? Yeah. So, yeah, batch cooking. I like that term.
0: But when we um, when we were doing a, an episode a few months back about the good food bill, um, I asked you to go to Aldi with where you normally shop with a couple of your mates and then to go back home to your student housing and cook up a feast. Hannah, who, your housemate, who you say is the cook yeah. in the house,
1: burnt the pasta. <laughs> Uh, I mean, how do you burn pasta? Um, it's just, she's gonna slip me. Hannah, she's an interesting character. She, she burnt her fish yesterday. I can't even lie. She burnt her fish yesterday. But do you know, when you just, you just start, dude, you just start talking because we don't really, at uni, we don't normally cook together. So we all just started talking and we were just like, where's oh, the pasta? So I like to say it was just a bit crispy on top. Just a bit crispy on top. <laughs> but yeah. But the problem with that is that actually you can't afford to
0: waste exactly, food, can you? Yeah. I mean, is there a sense that when you're. Uh, that some of the reasons that you buy your ready meals or your takeaways or whatever is that actually it's not going to go to waste? And if you do start cooking even though it might be cheaper to do so the chances are that it might not be very nice or you might get distracted and burn it you know are those issues when you're thinking about what to eat how are you choosing whether you're going to cook from scratch or get a takeaway oh
1: i'm thinking is it going to fill me up is it quick and easy because as well as uni i do work and i'm doing my dissertation this year so guys please pray for me um so yeah is it quick easy is it going to fill me up and is it nice? Is it tasty? That, those are like the top yeah. three things. Right. And in the course of a week, how many times
0: does the answer end with, right, I'm going to cook for myself then?
1: Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> Come on, be honest. Really, like once or twice
0: a week. I really don't cook. Rabia, how many times a, a week do you cook? Every day except Friday night. Okay. So give me an example of what you'd be cooking on a Tuesday night, for example,
2: at your uni house. So, at the beginning of the week, I normally like to do a meal plan. Um I'm so, you're making me look so bad. This is somebody who's been looking after her <laughs>
1: siblings
0: for, since
2: she was 14. <laughs> well, yeah, because I don't like to repeat the recipes that I'm cooking. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll get sick of them. Um, I'm normally cooking for um, me and another flatmate, and we alternate um recipes that we have so sometimes she likes the more traditional food that i eat and sometimes i enjoy the traditional food that she'll make um so for example on a tuesday it might be a pasta bake or it might be um i don't know a chicken korma you you can it'll it'll switch up depending on what we're both feeling um But, yeah, no, at the beginning of the week, I like to do a meal plan. And that way we can kind of alternate it where it's traditional English, traditional English sort of thing or a meat, veg, meat, veg sort of um, meal plan. (laughs) I mean, this is exactly how it should be. Uh, And Rabia,
0: are you aware of how much less it costs you to be able to cook from scratch?
2: Oh, significantly.
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah, because I don't need to go out every week to do the shopping for the Stuff that we want to make, it's kind of like already there from the last time we made it. Yeah, so you're doing batch cooking as well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, let's start talking about the Jamie book. Now, he has said that half the recipes in this book work out about two pounds per portion, and most of the ingredients you can find anywhere. Was that your experience?
1: A lot of the stuff was just like stuff you'd have in the cupboard, like tomatoes, my granddad grows his own tomatoes, so I get tomatoes, eggs, um, chilies. I had to substitute, because I don't eat pork, so I had to substitute some bacon and stuff, like chicken sausages and stuff like that, but yeah, I think most of the stuff you'll find in your cupboard or in your local supermarket,
2: yeah. Rabia? Um, well the chicken alone cost more than £2, but um... (laughs) <laughs> but well of course but then you're batch cooking it
0: so you're only using part of it you're not using a whole chicken are I you? think
2: this recipe was for four people so for me technically that would be just not even for one family meal right because four portions okay. would just serve
0: the siblings and not my father but so basically they would they were not about two pounds per portion but were they affordable I mean are these the kind of recipes that you would use easily in your life
2: They're definitely affordable. Um, I think I could use them if I was to tweak them. Yeah, I tweaked some of them. Okay, so it's called swapping out in posh terms.
0: Uh, So, you know, just swapping one ingredient for another. Um, 70% of the recipes are classed as every day, which means that they contain at least three of the food groups and at least one portion of veg. They must contain less than 30% of the average recommended daily calories, saturated fat, sugar and salt, as it says on the jamieoliver.com website. Uh, now, you to campaign with the Food Foundation for access to healthy food for every child in the UK. Were you finding this was a healthy kind of approach to cooking? Did you find that it was ticking some of the boxes that you campaigned for with the Food Foundation? Rabia?
2: Um, I do think there were definitely healthier um, alternatives to what uh, some people might normally eat. Um, But yeah, I'll get into my actual opinions later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, when we go through the recipes. All right, Janai, were you seeing these as healthy
1: foods? Yeah, ish i don't think i would think they're healthy does that make sense yeah totally
0: i mean i think what jamie's trying to do is basically saying look this is amazing delicious food and actually look at it the component parts yeah it's really healthy Yeah, which is great isn't it that's that's sort of making it more accessible and making healthy food look and taste like something that everybody would want a bit of yeah yeah would you say that that's how you felt about it janai
1: Yeah, I think that's really good, because obviously, just looking at it, I was just like, is this healthy? Like, not just fried rice and eggs. But um, yeah, the way you've said that, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about it like that. It actually is. So yeah, I'll be using this again. Yeah, great. Excellent. One pot cooking.
0: Now, it's called one because it is one pot cooking. It saves on the washing up. But it also gives you that feeling that
1: it's not very complicated. What's the attraction of one pot cooking for you? Did it work? It's so easy. It's just like your one pot, chop up what you need to chop up, put it in. I add a bit of seasoning because we need some seasoning. You're done. But yeah, that's it. And that's like, for me, when it's I like baking, but when it's cooking, it just seems like so tedious and long. But this is just like, oh, some eggs, some rice. You're there, you sorted. But yeah, that's what I liked. I like like quick and easy. Fantastic. Rabia. Uh, I didn't like it.
2: <laughs> Come on, blind. It's to do with the recipe, the Cajun chicken tray bake, right? He's got his chicken in the tray bake, he's poured the dry rice around it, and then he's added two mugs of water. The chicken that you've pre-seasoned is all going to be washed off. You, rice is going to be starchy because it's not been washed beforehand. And you've added the wrong ratio of rice to water. It's, a, yeah. it's every mug of rice is one and a half mugs of Um, water not two mugs of water so you're gonna have you're gonna have soggy chicken and then right at the end of the recipe it says season to perfection you kind of want to be seasoning and perfecting your chicken beforehand especially if you want it to marinate and let all the chicken absorb all the seasoning because when you're adding the water after it's washing it off so did you follow the instructions and what was the result i did follow the instructions um and the result was that the chicken came off a bit bland and, honestly, a bit wet because of the amount of water that was in there. Um, <laughs> and the recipe also says to leave it for 20 minutes. So with the foil over the bake, um, over the tray, sorry, you leave it for 20 minutes. That's not enough time for two mugs of water. It's It was sticky. Um, and kind of once you've got sticky rice, it's, it, there's no going back, especially because you've let out all the steam. It also says in the recipe, 20 minutes or until it is fluffy, but you're not going to know if it's fluffy until you've checked after the 20 minutes and you can't reseal rice because all the steam's already gone out.
0: So you cook rice, obviously, a lot. You're a real pro on on (laughs) cooking rice and you would cook it
2: separately, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah.
0: And also, with something like your chicken, you'd do the spices first, Mm -hmm. you'd fry off the spices first, and you'd, you'd cook your onions for a long time, wouldn't you? There's a whole process. I mean, how long would you cook a chicken if you were to take
2: that recipe and make it your own? How long would you cook the chicken? It can honestly take the same amount of time. I'm just saying the steps in general kind of needed to be switched around. So, for example, the water and the rice could have been separately on the hob instead of being baked. And then the chicken can still be baked, can still be seasoned exactly the same. Maybe beforehand, if you really want, let it marinate. I mean, I tend to marinate for either overnight or two hours. But if you don't have that time, you can literally do it there and then and then put it in the oven. And it'll still come out with the same result. The only issue is when you add in all of that water with the rice, it's not going to have the same effect as chicken and rice if you were to do them separately. Right. Do you know you also did this recipe, didn't you?
1: How did you find it? I think that's why I've had a bit of a different experience because I didn't follow some of the steps. Like Robbie was saying, like with the rice, I don't I didn't add that much water because Julie, making rice is an art. It's actually really hard. so i am I d I'm I'm still on it, but I just made make rice the normal the normal way I make it, so you don't need too much water so like stuff with that like stuff my grandma's passed down to my mum and my mum's passed down to me like with rice because we do cook with rice and was just like I'm going to cook the rice I know how to do it and then I'll kind of incorporate it in so I think that's why I had maybe a different thing because I just tweaked it a little bit But
0: that's all right, isn't it? I mean, you know, the whole idea of a recipe is just to inspire you about what you want to eat that night, remind you that something's really easy, and then you do it your own way. I mean, Janai, you did the pick-me-up chilli fried eggs. I mean, I bet you do a version of this.
1: Yeah.
0: Kind of quite often, don't you? Or or was this a surprise to you?
1: No, my mum, she does make like, well, she makes like egg fried rice all the time. Time it's actually really nice she has like soy sauce to it she has like salt pepper seasoning. it like she just makes it like a party so i kind of took that into it and like made it my own and again i can't eat pork so i use um i use chicken sausages which is actually really nice yeah and then i use bacon Ooh, i didn't use bacon he's like turkey bacon type things
0: again swapping out yeah making it in, up yeah. as you go along But was the recipe useful in terms of inspiration?
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Because I would have never, especially like with frying the eggs, I would have never done that. Okay. Are you learning new skills, Janai? I mean, Rabia's clearly, you know, skilled
0: up to the eyeballs. But are you learning things through the the recipes that you've done, Janai,
1: from this book? Yeah, especially because I'm not a cook, as we've realised at this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) with the batch cooking as well like just thinking what can I make with this as a leftover ingredient you can make this yeah because I would have never thought to do that because I'm like okay I'm on what's for dinner today she was just like think of something that we used last time so this book has really like emphasized that and like you don't have to follow it word for word yeah tell us about the the sausage pappadelli sounds terribly posh but it does is this something that you could do yeah, it was actually, the way it was written, it was very clear, very easy, and it was really nice. <laughs> Obviously, when, when I saw lasagna sheets, I've made lasagna before, and I swore I'd never make it again, because it went awful. <laughs> so I got a bit scared, but again, I would have never thought to, like, chop them up and, like, mix them with, um, what was it, that tomato sauce thing, <laughs> and the sausages and i just felt really fancy i gave something to my flatmate. she was like this is nice i'm like well i'm not making it again i'm <laughs> joking <laughs> was, yeah. no but seriously is it something that no. you would want
0: to cook for a date maybe or a bit of a, you a know, neat, special silly. night with your housemates, <laughs>
1: <Of> <laughs> but course, you that. yeah <laughs> if i need to impress someone i'd be like do you do some sausage <laughs> a i bet you never had that before <laughs> no even if it's just like oh just like a family get-together or just like a family dinner it's just really good for those types of things but yeah it was really nice yeah. the taste. It. excellent
0: and Rabia the other one that you did was the sweet potato chili so this didn't have meat so how did that feel as a complete carnivore choosing of all the recipes I chose you I asked you to choose any two and you chose a plant-based one why did you choose a plant-based one and how did it go?
2: well because it's not massively abnormal for me I mean if you know what dal is so it's literally lentil soup kind of similar principle uh, I, I do enjoy the veggies, but um, with this one, I, th- I actually thought I would enjoy it because I love uh, sweet potato and I love chilli. What could go wrong, right? Uh, well, let me tell you.
0: I feel something's <laughs> going to go wrong. Oh,
2: no! <laughs> it's the book covers in. No, I've, I've, I really had high hopes for this one. I did for the Cajun chicken as well, but clearly... So I've got my little notes here. I kind of wish I f- hadn't followed the recipe to a tea. Because, again, there was way too much water in it. Um, you've got soggy chilli by the end of it. And it was... So it was two jars of water <laughs> plus one tin of water into the chilli. And this is for 12 people. So I thought, if it's nice, I'll actually freeze it and keep it for 12 people. Because why not Mm -hmm. um but it took two hours to cook for me a little bit longer because i was trying to get rid of all this water it just wasn't going so i think that's an issue for like for a parent working class parent who's busy all day probably in the evening as well not really gonna have two hours to spare to make a soggy chili um (sighs) and especially because it's for 12 people there's no freezing instructions on it for us batch cook people, we love freezer instructions. But yeah, no freezer instructions. It took way too long to make. And the end result was soggy chilli.
0: There's lots of ideas in here. I was, I was reading it through from sort of your perspective and seeing kimchi in soup and charring courgettes. And I was thinking about you, Janai. I mean, we've we've talked about the burnt pasta, but would you know how to char a courgette? And would you do it? <laughs>
1: ah uh, no
2: oh
1: july <laughs> it just sounds like a burnt cucumber like I, I, it doesn't appeal to me yeah, and even like what rabbi was going back to like working class people with kids what kid do you know that's going to eat a charred project That <laughs> realistically you need to try hide the you hide the veggies like get creative with it but i don't as a uni student i don't think i would be Charring quajas anytime soon no what but about kimchi in your soup what's kimchi <laughs> yeah,
0: my God, you might say that yeah it's fermented <laughs> vegetables it's actually a brilliant way of using all your leftovers in the back of the fridge put it in a great big pot put some salt in the salt gets rid of all the water then you squish it all together And a couple of days later you've got this fantastic thing which is brilliant for the gut Ooh. Costs absolutely nothing i need to improve my gut health as well yeah try it out you do and a sports nutritionist like you you should but know all about
1: gut health you he said oh i've got a nutrition yeah. course this semester so next podcast i'll be like on tell it. them all about your kimchi Exactly. Yes. <laughs>
0: Rabia, charring is a skill. Um, it adds a kind of a texture and a flavour. Um, you probably do some charring, do you, uh, of some sort, in 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 your cooking? Tell us about some of the skills that you would perhaps talk to Jamie about putting in
2: a book like this. I think before he gets the opportunity for skills, I think, kind of work out the water ratios.
1: <laughs> I looked She's through still on the rise. No,
2: no, no, no. I looked through a few other recipes, and <laughs> even in them, there was. Quite a fair bit of water. You don't need that much water. You really don't. It'll still make the same amount. <laughs> we'll let you <him> <laughs> Tell us about kimchi.
0: I mean, a lot of Indian, Pakistani, Asian cooking, it's all a, well, pretty much cooking from all over the world is actually about using up your waste it's about using up your leftovers making it absolutely delicious that's how most people in the entire world cook and why wouldn't you some of those skills you know take something that's been at the back of the fridge and give it a bit of a char or you know put a bit of salt down and get rid of your cabbage and turn it into something like kimchi
2: would you do that do you do that um i do so i char courgettes peppers sweet potatoes um, onions, red onions, all sorts, I can, I try quite a lot, um, it's normally kind of like a veg mix that I'll throw on the side as, um, like a side dish. We also do a similar alternative, so any leftovers that you've got, you put it through some water, so rinse it out a few times, um, cover it in salt, let it soak for a bit, wash it off again, and then you put it in a container with oil and this sort of pickle sort of thing, So for a while it ferments and by the end of it you've got like pickled carrots, pickled non-ripe mangoes and you can just eat it as it is. Um, And if you're a fan of the pickled sort of flavour then it's actually really nice and it lasts for ages. Like it does not go off um, if you believe in that or not. We use all sorts of skills where it's like grabbing things from the back of the cupboard that you forgot were there or the back of the fridge and you can just put it to some sort of use. Yeah, brilliant.
0: To sum up, jamie oliver one simple one pan wonders janai I, I mean would you use it again would you recommend it to your housemates
1: i would use it for inspiration so again i would just tweak certain stuff so yeah if i if i was a bit low on inspirations you know what i want to eat i'd have a look and i'll be like oh that sounds good but i'll swap this out for this or I would add as much water as it says in the Um But yeah, I, think, I do think it's like a good starting point if you're like me and the kitchen's not your best friend. It's a
0: good book yeah. to give to students starting a, a new term. Um, yeah. Rabia,
2: yes or no? Surprisingly, yes. But as Janai said, I'd definitely tweak things. I think it's definitely more inspiration for me, um, just more alternatives about what I could cook, um, but maybe not necessarily follow the steps that he set it out in.
0: A good book for your uni student friends, though, who are pe- perhaps not as adept
2: in the kitchen as you are? Um, possibly. You know what? I find um, everyone that I've lived with are actually quite good at cooking. I don't know whether it's just the traditional stereotype of students can't really cook, but these ones can. Um, (laughs) good to hear it or if they're just somehow managing to whip things together and it tastes good and looks good (laughs) well i mean the
0: thing is that we are talking at a time when the cost of living is a serious crisis i mean you know you can't afford not to be able to cook Mm -hmm. cooking skills really means that you've got access to good healthy food really much much more cheaply Janai, you know, let me ask you, as somebody who doesn't cook as much as Rabia, will you have to try to cook more yourself because of the cost of living crisis?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's just, with the uni students, especially with me, because obviously a single parent household, um, you're really kind of on your own when it comes to certain things, especially with um, money and cooking. It's not like I can go home and ask my mum for £20 for this week's shopping. So yeah I've got to become a lot more creative and again I'm going to definitely install this batch cooking because I feel like it would save me a lot of time and a lot of money and even at home as well talking to my mum she's had to reevaluate how she does stuff as well and my grandma as well so it's just it's really affecting everyone and just the day-to-day lives. Yeah. Will you cook anything for your nana next time you go home? Yeah, I will. Me and my sister were planning to like cook this whole Jamaican feast, but again, the cost of living's going up. So I think we're going to um wait a bit and then cook for her and ask what she what she thinks because I've cooked for her before and she's given me pointers.
0: Would you cook anything from this yeah. book
1: for her? No. Just because My nana is a very, very picky eater. Like, even when we have to go out to eat for, like, someone's birthday, we're very limited. But my grandad, I'll cook from, he'd eat it. When you say she's a picky eater, is it because she only eats Jamaican food? Yeah, mainly. She doesn't really like eating other food, but I think that's because she's just grown up eating Jamaican food like every day.
0: So that's really interesting. So did you do you feel that you were able to pick up enough skills from what you learned from Jamie and be able to swap out and maybe use some Jamaican spices to cook something that your grandmother would eat?
1: Yeah, yeah, because even with the book, I was taking stuff that my grandma and my mum taught me, but I don't see why I can't do it the other way around, using the book and giving them, like, a bit of a different culture. Yeah, that's definitely a thing to do. And Rabia, you're very
0: confident in in your kitchen. Is there anything that Jamie Oliver can teach you? Oh,
2: 100%. Um, I think I'd be naive to say that I'm perfect when it comes to the kitchen because I'm not. I can have days where I might burn pasta. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um i think some one pot meals could probably definitely work it just happened to be that the two that i picked didn't really work for me or maybe even the sweet potato chili could have definitely worked had i not followed uh, maybe the recipe but yeah no skills wise i think you can definitely teach me a lot
0: thanks for listening and Rabia and Janai have agreed to continue their test kitchen throughout the university term to see what a difference it can make to their cooking skills. We'll meet them again at Christmas to find out. Don't forget to sign up for my newsletter at jillysmith.com and follow me at foodjillysmith on Instagram. And I'll see you next week.